freedom. Take back your freedom! Hey guys, back again. Freelance for real. I'm Mike Sorg, and right with me, as always, is Justin Kanaki, straight from Baltimore. How you doing tonight? Today? Today, this this afternoon, you, Eastern you, Standard wait, Time. I'm doing awesome, Mike. Wait, How are we, you? We are still in the same time zone, aren't we? More or less, yeah. More or less? Okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. And uh, and we have our first in-studio guests here in Pittsburgh, not in Baltimore. Uh, no, no. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Josh and Rachel Sager. How you guys doing? Great. Hello, good. <laughs> um, and we're you guys are going to be talking to us today about your new LLC, a uh, husband and wife LLC, which uh, the first I've heard of. So uh, we'll get into that. And uh, if you guys have uh, stumbled on us uh, here at Freelance for Real, uh, you can find us now at freelanceforreal.com, The number four. Uh, you can also uh, catch us on Twitter at Freelance for Real or Freelance for Real at SorgatronMedia.com for any comments or questions or corrections like Josh sent earlier today uh, on some for- some uh, former episodes. You can also catch this show over on iTunes and Mediafly currently, and uh, we're looking at some other venues as usual. I want to get out there. If there's somewhere you think we should be, let us know. Hit us on uh, any of those those lines. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, uh, Josh. You, you, you're going to correct somebody here. We, we were talking a couple episodes ago about uh, about the <coughs> <laughs> about the student software, and uh, I think the question came up uh, whether that could be used for commercial work after the fact. Yeah, um, I didn't think that you could, and mm-hmm. I was sort of inspired by your podcast today. I was sort of catching up, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently you can. Uh, on Adobe's website, and I shot you the link, there mm-hmm. is in their FAQ section that as of CS5, you can purchase educational licenses and use it for production. It's totally okay. But the sort of getcha is you can't upgrade the software. So you can only get an educational license if you're in school or teaching school. So eventually that software will end up becoming null and void. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that only gets you so far, apparently. But if if it were me and I was a freelancer right now, I would go with Adobe subscription model because you can get software, uh, depending on what package it is, for twenty bucks a month, and you basically rent whatever mm-hmm. package that you need. Yeah, I was telling you before the show, um, uh, Malengo, uh, a colleague of ours, uh, he he's in the creative suite for for the su- subscription right, and he said he's pretty happy with it. And that, that was a big thing when it first came out. We're like, well, finally, we can kind of afford this, like freelancers and people trying to start out, getting out of school, students even. I mean, that, that really is affordable for students oh, in yeah, the long run. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I mean, the, the idea of just like, you know, hey, I'm having the Photoshop course this quarter to me is like, you know, okay, I know I have to pay for it for this. It's, it, it's like renting books Yeah. at yeah. a certain point, you know. It is. So you can get Photoshop for like... 60 bucks instead of 650 dollars yeah or even if it's a point where like i know for me in the art institute like say uh you know say say i wasn't getting into flash that's not what i want to get into but i did have that required flash class like it's it seems makes makes more sense than trying to like live on the trials and all that stuff oh yeah because they're gonna run out anyway some of them won't even let you save or access certain features or parameters yeah yeah, I, I remember before about director we were we were working on. It. Yes, this is early two thousands, of course. Um, it, it, well, if they're educational, it would plop up the giant educational version at the beginning of it, yeah. so you couldn't get around it. Uh, and then, you know, like you were saying, there's a lot of like people say this and this are true. Like people will say like, 
well, if somebody looks at your code, they'll see it's an educational version because somebody says it's embedded in every Photoshop file or every when you render out a yeah, JPEG or something. I don't, I don't I know if that's really true. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it, like an urban it's, legend. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's like it's like a a, a college a creative uh, urban legend or something like that. So, and I, ne- I never b- really believed it, you know. And you know, I, I, but, the amount of time it would take for an engineer to put something like that together mm-hmm. and to and then to check it and i don't know i don't know if something like that it's would like be really feasible. are adobe's audit teams or then macromedia's audit teams really that into it no but I'll the tell call you, is coming from inside the jpeg <laughs> well, I, well speaking of jpegs though people like corbis are really crazy their audit teams um they they have software out there that will match their stock photography mm-hmm Pixel by pixel, yeah. and they and, will get you. And they will get you. Will get you. Now, yeah. I've, I've heard of people getting uh, message, uh, getting messages for that, where they they use something in their portfolio, and like two or three years later, they zinged them, and he he went through a nightmare with it. I don't think I don't he ended up having to pay that much or anything. I don't, I think it got thrown out or something. It was like, hey, I was a student, you know. I think he finally like got him waved off, but but that still that was a nightmare to get that letter in the mail. Come on, that's yeah. And you have to watch out because sometimes you might be working with clients that are snagging stuff from the internet, and they mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, these are these are our photos. You have mm-hmm. to be really super sure. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's happened too. <laughs> I think we could have an entire episode <laughs> about misunderstandings that clients have about how the internet and intellectual property and creative mm. licenses work. Uh, that might be a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did we, did we already touch on my music <laughs> problems I've had on this show? <laughs> oh yeah. I, I've, I've had issues where clients believe that any image on the internet can be used in any format, in any fashion, simply because, well, it was online. Yeah. Well, if you Google it, that's the legal yeah. permission. Well, did you guys see that, that, um, horrible thing that happened to this guy? He put out, uh, an 8-bit blues album and he got in contact with everybody that he needed to except for the photographer that took the album cover and right did, this was an 8 bit uh, yeah. album cover variation of Miles Davis kind of blue so yeah. a pretty iconic image yeah absolutely and so he ended up settling out of court for over $32,000 of his own money he was being sued for i think somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 or $300,000 in damages yep which, which sucks because he was trying to do it right. He contacted so many of the people to get permission. Donated the and, proceeds to charity, yeah. you know. And, and the thing is, if he didn't do that due diligence and stayed under the radar, probably nobody would have noticed. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah. But everything is a crapshoot. I mean, I remember oh, yeah. reading a couple years ago in one of the video production magazines I used to get at the day job about uh, a wedding videographer who had shown... Uh, finished video that he had done for a client. Uh, actually, it was the it was the client. The client was showing their video at home uh, off to friends, and they said, "Look what a great job this videographer did." Blah 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 blah. And one of their friends asked for the guy's name and information afterwards, and they thought, "Oh, it's because he wants to have this guy do some work for them." It turns out the friend they had shown their wedding video to was a lawyer, and the lawyer knew. Just by listening, there were all these like Celine Dion and Boys to Men songs in the video. There was no way that this guy probably mm-hmm. paid to clear them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So oh. this friend of the client, this lawyer, wound up suing the guy and putting him out of business. You know, I always wonder about. I do a lot of. We've talked about before. I, I shoot a lot of pro wrestling, and th- nobody uses original music uh, until you get on TV, really, and then it's licensed. It, it, if you get pick up any indie DVD, it's got. God knows what on it. Yeah. ODCW. It's like they just didn't care about the copyrights. When they, WWE bought them, they redid them, they just dubbed over them. 
And, and I'm always wondering if these little groups are going to get snagged for stuff like that. But apparently, apparently not. Yet a coffee shop in Mount Lebanon gets, uh, gets somebody from, uh, uh, the B- BMI ask, yeah, yeah, right? BMI saying yep. all oh, public performance or something like that. You know, uh, their their arguments is, uh, you know, the uh, uh, you, nobody's going to come in your coffee shop playing without playing something copywritten. <coughs> you know, it's like, come on, it's not a great argument. Come on, yeah, yeah come, come on. on. So we've reached that point in the show where we're all like, eh. come on, <laughs> get over it, get uh, over it. So uh, let's dive into the questions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so first, now you guys are from. What, what do you do? What what is your freelancing entail that that, that you decided to uh, kind of become the, the 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 wonder twins of of, uh, of design and implementation here? Uh, what do we do? Um, uh, well, I I currently work at an agency downtown um, doing graphic design, mm-hmm. um, and so my part of my offering to Second Block Studio is to um, provide logo design, um, some identity, and uh, illustration, which is something that I don't get to do in my day job. Yeah, so really this is just an opportunity for us to flex our creative muscles in different ways. Um, I also have a full-time job as an instructor, and this gives me an opportunity to not only do development stuff, but we're launching some of our own products uh, this fall. Mm. We're putting together um, an illustration book that's going to be coming out sometime this fall. We're working with uh, Will on that. Uh, Will's got some haikus and, and Rachel has a bunch of illustrations. And what sort of spearheaded this a little bit is uh, Rachel did a project a few years ago called 52 Ills. Mm-hmm. Every week she'd do a new illustration. And sometime this year, maybe maybe it was no, last year. Last year. Sometime last year, we found that somebody was stealing her work and selling it on T-shirts. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I know. Pretty great, right? So I, of course, of copyrights. yeah, right. Speaking of copyright. So I totally flipped out and uh, Rachel's like, hold on. And she sent them a message and they, they promptly pulled it down. But I think that that was sort of their business practice because they were selling like hundreds of different t-shirts oh, and there's no way that they owned all of those rights. Oh, yeah. So if other people are stealing her illustrations and making money off of it, why couldn't we make money off of it? Right. So this first project, it's like somebody did the due diligence of, of proving your business model yeah, right? before you even thought you could. So uh, <laughs> along with creative goods, we also do creative services, things like typical web development. I, I did identity design illustrations uh, for periodicals and stuff like that. Fantastic. Yeah. So why go into a business together when each of you could be freelancing individually and not be beholden to each other in any sort of a legal fashion that way? Um, well, uh, because we work really well together, we've learned through house projects and uh, through, I guess, life that um, that we each bring a different, unique aspect to the table. And oftentimes, Rachel keeps me from doing really stupid stuff uh, within my design or my development. She's a, we're, we're really good at checking and balancing each other. So nice. if I were to just do something and go on my own, she oftentimes stops it and says, that's a pretty terrible idea. And more times than right, she's right more times than not. I, I, do, I do comment on the good ideas. Too, I'd like to point out you're making me sound like, <laughs> like all your ideas suck. So yeah, you're making it sound like so she's my boss and yeah. make sure I'm in the straight line. Uh, no, well, and we both have been freelancing independently um, for years, mm-hmm. and so uh, I think I think this is an opportunity for us to to join forces and see what we can accomplish. Um, you, you know, we, yeah, flex our creative muscles, like Josh said, um, 
in areas that we don't get to, to access during our day jobs and to work um, personally with, you know, I get to work personally with a developer and a web designer and Josh gets to work personally with a logo and a general print designer and an illustrator. So, so we both get to explore different facets of, of design in that way. And it's nice to work with somebody that gets it. You know, sometimes it's tough to work with clients because they don't really understand or trust. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that we have a pretty good open communication system. Now, is one of you the public-facing person and the other one is the project manager? How have you decided that you're going to go about, you know, dealing with the clients, interfacing in that regard? It depends on the kind of project. If it's illustration only, then Rachel is the point. She is the project lead. So we kind of manage our own separate accounts, but come together and solicit each other's services whenever, when necessary. Okay. And uh, as far as forming an LLC. I know that it was a legal step that you guys felt obliged to take. Walk me through that process. How did you get to that point? And then what were the steps you took to become one? Okay. Um, so when, when you're selling stuff, uh, eventually somebody is going to sue you. You sell enough things, somebody's going to recognize you and, and somebody's eventually going to come after you. It's sort of like a gamble, right? And the older that we, we all get, all of us, Justin, <laughs> the older that we get, the more things that, that we get around us, like houses and cars or apartments or dogs or whatever, right? And all I of have those, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things are liable when you're a sole proprietor. And I, I've heard a countless an amount of horror stories about somebody thinking that they were doing something as a favor for somebody else. And then like a lawyer comes in and it's all gone. So when you form this LLC, you have this level of protection to where the business is a separate person. It's a separate entity. It's treated completely different. Now, me personally, I'm the sole, uh, I'm the owner of LLC. So I have a little bit of liability within that company, but my bank account, my savings account, my house, my dog, like all of those things are completely separate. And if something bad happens, you can bankrupt the company and essentially start a new one or not have all of your personal assets tied into it. So long as you follow the rules, Mm -hmm. if you, you have to be very careful about it, you cannot buy anything that's not business related with your business account. That you that is strictly forbidden. You cannot do that. Yeah, because if you do it once, then it can be proven that those two entities are intertwined, and so in the future they can come after you if the opportunity arises. So there is more like you know, I we do a lot of like you know, like my 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 Mac upstairs is I have games on it. You know, I mean, is there just more separation like of that? Like no, this is for business. This is for my my my. You know, yeah, they're like, and recreation. I'm, I'm pretty anal about that stuff. I have a pretty clear divide on on what is business and, and what isn't. But like games mm-hmm. and stuff, like you you could, uh, that's okay. But it, it's merely transaction. So my okay. lawyer was telling me like there was this guy that got into some trouble because he bought a motorcycle with his business account. That he got sued, and they were able to link those two counts together, and he took him for everything he was worth. Yeah, not just the bike, took his house, yep. took, everything. took everything. So that just like that just opens it up. Yeah, it, yeah it, absolutely. It's like exactly. It, it just opens a door that they can step through and, and, and proceed with the rest of yeah, it. Now, that, that's if you're an LLC. If you're a sole proprietor, that doesn't matter. You're not considered a business at all whatsoever. And every time yeah. I tried to use the word business, my lawyer just laughed, and he's like, you're not, you're not a business. You're just, it's like another version of you. Like, all that money is just you, and it can go back and forth. It doesn't even matter how you track it, however you want. But with an LLC, you have to have ledgers and books and, and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So 
Getting it set up is really simple, especially in Pennsylvania because their requirements are really low. So to sell things here, you don't need a license or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, especially if you're going to do clothing, you can open up a t-shirt shop and you don't have to pay sales tax because there's no tax on clothing here. That's pretty crazy, right? Does so, that even apply on the internet? Um, it does. Well, depends on where you're selling to. That That's another right. sort yeah. of tricky, yeah. tricky little yeah. thing. But at least in Pennsylvania, that's the way it is. So to get the LLC, you could do it all yourself. But what was nice is the guy that I worked with, he set up some um, contracts for me and he was sort of a web guy in another life. So he really understands the kind of work that Rachel and I do. And he was able to custom tailor some contracts to exactly what we did, set up everything for us handed us these contracts and we're up and running. And now I kind of feel like um, I'm not faking it anymore. And I sort of have, I don't know, like a grown up that kind of helps, helps me out because I email him constantly and ask him questions and it's no charge. It's just like a part of what he does. And he keeps me on the straight and narrow. And I feel like um, it is well worth the money. And it wasn't that much money at all to get it set up. You know, I, I just recently uh, listened to the, uh, I, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's Mike FTW on. Yeah, yeah. Mike Monetero yeah, or whatever. The, yeah. Uh, F you pay me. F you pay me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, Rob, uh, <coughs> Rob De La Creta, uh, said I should, I should listen to this. And it was a lot of the same stuff. He actually was sitting there with his lawyer at the session. And, and it was, it was pretty like, wow, I am really wide open. I yeah. should fix that now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because typically you don't like on the other side, I only would have sought after a lawyer after something would have gone down. And yeah. at that point, yeah. it's too late. it is too late. So th you're going to love this. So it's Rachel's birthday. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> it's Rachel's birthday and we're out driving around and there was a yard sale. She wanted to go. And uh, I, I happened upon these law books. They were like study for the bar exam or whatever, all mm -hmm. about business law and LLCs mm -hmm. and partnerships for two bucks. And it, it was like, I don't know, 2004. So I'm like, here, take these $2. And I'm reading these law books to Rachel for the rest of her birthday. That was, that was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and what I learned from reading these books is that whether you realize it or not, just by existing, there are certain criteria and rules that are already assigned to all of us just for existing and breathing mm -hmm. and how we interact with one another. We could be in a partnership like this right now could be considered a partnership in the eyes of the law. But then you enter in contracts and then you enter in agreements and all these other things. And then the law sort of shifts and it really depends. And it was neat because they had all of these scenarios. Like if this happens and this happens, what's the outcome? If this happens and this happens, what's the outcome? Now, the the kicker is that it could be different depending on the state county or lawyers that you have like yeah. that it gets a little it's kind of an interpretive dance i think yeah. and and if you can if you start the llc or whatever um you know uh official you know uh, incarnation of a business i think that really allows you um to breathe easier because if, if you know all the rules heads up and you have yourself kind of protected, then no matter how that interpretive dance is going on for another lawyer, um, you're good. You're protected no matter mm -hmm. what kind of slippery thing they can pull. And another thing that I would uh, advise is to also get uh, liability insurance because it's almost like car insurance for getting sued. You know, that's that's another thing. And that's also a pretty affordable deal. So. I mean, by, by getting this thing set up, which are, are no annual costs or anything, it's just a one-time thing to get it set up. And, and if you're not, if you're only doing creative services, kind of like uh, what we're all doing right now, then there's no maintenance at all. It's just you set it up and everything is good. Just make sure you pay your taxes and everything is good. Now, when we start selling goods, we have to file for the PA100 so that we get our sales tax. And you have to, depending on how you set it up, it's either monthly, quarterly, 
are biannually. And that, that just all depends. So there, there's your short answer, Justin. <laughs> I like it. So you feel better ha- basically having a lawyer on hand or on call as well, rather than having gone through like an online service like LegalZoom, where you could have, you know, form-lettered your way to an LLC, but you don't necessarily get the first-person feedback. Yeah, I really needed that because I polled um, a ton of people. Um, like, how do you run your business? How do you do this? And I found out that, like, nobody really knows, that everybody just sort of, like, feeling their way around. And so when I finally had an opportunity to talk to uh, Eric, my lawyer, he answered every single one of the questions that I had. And I had asked them to accountants and all kinds of whatever. And they're like, well, kid, you're only working with small beans right now, so it doesn't matter. But I don't want to scale my business up until I understand how all the rules work. And I purposely turned down jobs like especially e-commerce work because I didn't want to write a bad for loop, have the server go down, and then I'm liable for lost sales. Yeah, you yep. know. Yeah. Now yeah. I don't feel so bad about taking those things on. And, and that's been scary too because even like I, I've I have uh, one contract where uh, if anything happens to all the footage, I'm liable and I have to like I'm liable and I, I have to to somehow replace the footage or, or the cost of it or something to get it done. Like like we interview these people, pay these people, and. I'm have to pay it back or something. So now I'm like, that's why I got a Drobo now. <laughs> that's yeah. why I have it in like five different places, you know. And that's and and but I have no idea the contracts. I looked at I'm like, oh, that seems fair, you know. He he disappears and I'm not screwed either. So you know, and, and contracts pro- are really designed to protect both people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's like you know, I have a lot of clients that I'm not in contracts, but but after after the the f you pay me. Um, uh, and for those uh, searching for it, it isn't F you pay me. Um, but I'm trying to be nice here. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's, it's that like, well, I think, I think I need to go to these clients and say, okay, we are in kind of an open and invoicing system, but I think, you know, there's a lot I could do to screw you guys up. I have a lot of your passwords. A lot of things could happen that you're trusting me with. So this is to help both of us to make sure. Oh yeah, and just in case. Even though, like people, I have like three years of experience and I've never had a problem. I I, I just want to make sure, just in case, because they're big organizations. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? no, that's absolutely yeah, right. Knows? And I've gone through that process of people that I've worked with previously and said, "Listen, this is our new policy now," and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. It's no big deal," you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like if they give you a contract, you don't have to sign that. You can negotiate. And sometimes there's things in those contracts, like you have to provide the media on floppies and all this other crazy stuff. That, yeah, yeah, for that FU payment. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that no yeah, you, you actually should negotiate. In fact, negotiating proves you've read it, and they'll take you more seriously as a negotiator, unless you, as opposed to you saying, "Oh yeah, it's great. I signed it." Mm-hmm. And and maybe the most important lesson that I've learned freelancing or, or doing business is walking away is okay. And sometimes it's the right answer. So, and that's okay. And instead of like, oh, I could potentially make $500 here or $1,500 and you're only, you know, mentally spending that money in your mind. The, the way that I operate nowadays is I, I don't even consider it done until after the deposit is in yep. hand. And then after that, I don't even really consider it because I have several projects right now that are on the table whether or not that they go through i don't know that's up to them you know Mm -hmm. and that's just how this game goes and you have to be comfortable with that and it's not that they hate you or that they don't like you that's not it at all it's their business goals may have changed at the time you know Mm -hmm. that's one of the reason uh, i think everybody needs contracts too as mike was saying he's working with um organizations whenever you're working with anybody who's not just an individual you might have a great relationship or a great, you know, um, working relationship or understanding with whoever's in place at the time. 
if that person moves on, gets replaced, etc., and you have no contract in place that dictates how you are to be treated by that organization and who's responsible for what, the new person can come in and roll a whole different set of dice and make up all new rules. you got to be protected. That's a really good point. There's actually a, a point where I started, I, I did start working for different people in that organization. I, not a bad experience by any means, but I did have to come in and kind of explain my process and teach kind of teach them how to work with me and what the deal is and what it costs and everything. Whereas if I had already set up a, a kind of rules and engagement contract with these guys, they can be like, here it is right here in black and white. And they meet me and we talk about what we want to do and we move on from there. You know, could have cut the process in half. Yeah, I, I think managing expectations is good for any business relationship because mm -hmm. if everybody knows what to expect from everybody else and if you know what's expected of you, then that's going to cut out so many problems just right out front. And, and a contract really helps to do that, head off any problems. It also prevents them from coming in and saying, oh, in addition to what you've been doing yeah. since we've restructured, you're also doing this and this for the same amount of money now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, it makes you look pro. I mean, yes. there, there's a lot of crappy freelancers out there. Like, I I tend to, to get, like, secondhand works recently. Like, oh, I was working with this one person, and it didn't really work out, and I, I need you to, you know, fix this other stuff. Um, there's a lot of crappy freelancers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the contract adds that bling factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of bling, uh, so you guys are working from home as the LLC? Do you have like yep. a home office? Like how are you allocating that space? Tax write-offs? What what's that about? Um, well, um, I've been a little nervous about writing that, writing it off previously, but this year I totally am. And we have two dedicated spaces. Rachel has her own studio and I have my own studio and that does not enter mix with the rest of the house at all. So um, that is going to be handled with our um, accountant mm -hmm. at, yeah. at the end of this tax season. And uh, our, our lawyer was able to walk us through all of that because what's cool about our lawyer, like he used to do the tech stuff before and he's also the owner of his law firm. So like he's using all of this advice that he's giving us, like he yeah. uses all the time. Nice. So you feel protected. That's good. Yeah, I feel like I'm in pretty good hands. Uh, are you looking to grow the freelance side or – well? Let's back up a step. So are you doing all the freelance through the LLC now, or do you each also have independent freelance clients? No, we're doing everything through the LLC at this at this point, um, but it is still really new. There, there was sort of yeah. a transition period, but everything's through the LLC now. And are you doing this with an eye on perhaps moving to this full-time, or will it always, in your minds, be uh, a supplementary income? Um, I don't know. I guess it really depends. I, I really like our current situation now because it allows us to do things that we don't normally do. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody's going to like any of the creative goods that we're going to put out. <laughs> so, um, we'll except, just, except for the t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. So yeah, those are proven winners. All right. Yeah. Good there. Yeah, so, um, so I'm not really sure. So we're just kind of testing the waters a little bit. And instead of going, you know, full steam, uh, we're kind of taking, a couple steps here, a couple steps there, and, and really using it as a way to experiment, but then also write things off. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. uh, are you separating your work time from your non-work time? Like, so you come home from the day job, you have <laughs> evening clients. Like, where? How's the time work? Um, Rachel and I are pretty good about communicating what our week is like. We and we check in periodically a couple times uh, a week, and sometimes. 
and Rachel's really disciplined. I'm usually not the, the one that's as disciplined. She's like, I'm working tonight. And I'm like, oh, come on, let's <laughs> hang out. She's like, no, I'm working. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> so she's much better about it than I am. Um, but we still build in like, you know, hangout time and normal time. We don't work every single evening whenever we come home. But um, it, it does ebb and flow a little bit. Sometimes it gets a little crazy and sometimes it's wide open. Yeah. And, and I think it's important. Um, it's really important to separate that time. And, and so far, we've been able to do a good job where, you know, we're sitting, we're discussing projects, you know, and whatever. And then it's like, OK, you know, you dust your hands off and now we're going to go to dinner. And, you know, there's no real you know, we can we can talk about the industry, you know, we can talk because we're both very interested in the same things when it comes to design and the web and things like that. We can discuss that. But when it comes to projects, if it's not, you know, just general, you know, inspiration, warm, fuzzy stuff, then that needs to be saved for when we're actually discussing a work project. And thus far, we've done a pretty good job dividing. Yeah, it. we kind of pencil in meetings for that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I've also learned um, that everybody sort of has a different process. And just to trust Rachel, like she's, she's working on stuff, even though it doesn't look like she's working on stuff. If that, if <laughs> That's that, what I tell him. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but her, you know, she always delivers, like it always comes out the way that I need it to come out. So, uh, that, that's an adjustment as well. So I take it at this point, you have not yet had any sort of, um, uh, pitfall, a hurdle, a stumbling block that you two have come across, uh, as coworkers that you've had to, to work out. Oh, no, we've had several. Um, yesterday, We're designers, of yeah, course we have. Yeah, we've had several, but we've, we've been able to overcome them. Um, because ultimately, like, our relationship is much more important than any silly project. But like yesterday, I was bothering the crap out of her for some That's fonts and, and some other things. Like, I needed some identity stuff so I could I could get that out the door. And she was busy working on some other projects that we're, that we're trying to do. And uh, so she had to push me off a little bit, but we, we sort of had a compromise. Yeah, and by that, I mean, she sent me the email. <laughs> yeah. And it's very important. I think if you're if you're working with someone um, very close to you, uh, flattery is probably a really uh, good card to pull sometimes because he, I believe you called me beautiful several times yeah, I am, yesterday. I'm really that charming. never happens. <laughs> so there was there was definitely some suck up factor there. And it was like, <laughs> all right, well, if you're going to be so nice, here's your stupid logo. Get out of my room. So. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. So I'm, I'm, it sounds like this is actually strengthening the marriage. So good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see. Well, yeah, that's an interesting situation to be in, though, too, because if you were in a partnership with a complete stranger, you know, someone you worked well with, and there was a, a temper issue, things flare up, there's always the chance you could walk away. You don't really have that luxury. So you've got to work out whatever your problems are. It's true. That's true. Not that that's a bad thing. Not trying to make you feel boxed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's this pressure coming from? Oh, no. Uh, well, I, I think it helps, too. That I think Josh usually wins, to be honest. So um, It works out pretty good for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, um, well, I'm glad you've worked out your uh, who, who's responsible for what uh, element then. Yeah, well, and, and we really do have two different skill sets. And I think that's important is to trust the other person with what they're good at. You know, I'm not going to tell Josh how to do webby things because I don't know what goes on in those tubes. That's all him. But he can't come in and talk to me about logo design because, you know, that wouldn't work. So, um, and I kind of feel like we, we're pushing each other. Um, we've, although we just started the LLC recently, we've collaborated on projects before and there was a web project that we worked on, I don't know, like 2005 maybe. 
uh, Son of David. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> it, that was a really great proje- project because um, I really feel like we pushed each other. And so Rachel did a couple of designs and uh, she submitted them over to me. And I'm like, you know, I don't think this is your best stuff. And she's like, what? <laughs> and uh, I, she, I was she was a little mad. She was a little mad. <laughs> um, but she came back and came came up with some really, really solid stuff. And, and what's kind of neat is she doesn't really know what all the limitations are of the technology. And I cherish that because... She's not designing around technology like so many web designers do. And so sometimes you get kind of locked into like, oh, what, what's possible and what's whatever. And I, I feel like I'm at the level with my development that I can pull off just about anything. And I just want to see how creative we can make something. So I don't even want to think about languages or technologies or size restrictions. Just give me some really cool concepts and we'll see if we can pull it off. I'm so inspired, Josh. (laughs) Okay, so let's spin this out for one second. Let's step away from your specific example, and let's think about this for uh, practical advice for those of us who might be listening to the show who are not married but are looking for ways they they can sniff out good working partners. Because you guys have had 15 years to figure out your personality quirks, how each other works. Uh, you know, you, you have this built-in fail-safe to make sure that the LLC is more or less going to work out. If someone was looking for someone else to balance out their skill set, what are the sort of questions that you would think to ask them? What are the sorts of ways you would think about investigating their workflow, how they get things done? You know, because to, to look at their finished work is one thing, but to figure out how did this person get from point A to point Z and is that style compatible with mine? I think is very important. You respect each other. You're not going to be second guessing each other until you get to the finish line and realize, oh, it did work out. But how do you hedge against that when you're you're working with somebody you don't know as well? What I would recommend is to do kind of like what we all did a long time ago back at Eaton Park um, when we started these (laughs) co-working things. Um, But before you engage in a project, if you if you have the luxury, see if you can work on a project while they work on a project, and you kind of co-work together and bounce ideas off of one another. And I I've ca- sort of feel like if if they're fun to be around, if they're sort of an inspiration and, and you look forward to just being around them while they're working, then maybe you can take that relationship to the next level. And I think deadlines are really important, but everybody misses them. Um, I think personality is extremely important. You know, the people that I work with at my full-time job, I see them more than I see my wife. And it's really important that I interact with with people that I can interact with. So uh, I would try, I would test drive it through co-working. That's what I would do. What do you think? I, I think that's a good, good suggestion. I, I also think it's probably um, being totally honest with yourself too, um, just to turn the, that, that, you know, as opposed to questioning someone else, look at your own processes and truly honestly figure out what you need in somebody if you're looking for a partner, because if you're not strong in deadlines, you know, if you're looking for a business partner or someone to interact with on that level, you need to make sure that they they can push you for deadlines or, you know, what, whatever the, whatever your weekend, you can look for the strengths. Um, and, and I think, like I said, honesty, like you, you can't, you can't just pie in the sky, wish for a business partner, you know, and, and have kind of this fuzzy vision of what they should be. You know, you should have a list of things that you are certainly looking for, like definitely looking for either that mesh well with your personality and your workflow and, and, and the kind of work that you do, um, but also make up for your for whatever weaknesses you might have as well. And you need somebody to call you on stuff. 
And I, Rachel's really good at calling me on stuff. If I'm trying to pull something over, she calls me on it every single time. And that honesty is super important. Um, yeah, I think that probably comes with time, you know, so, so there is a feeling out period with another person. Um, but, but yeah, being honest with yourself and then you can get to know the other person and really call them on stuff and that'll make you both better workers. And, and it hurts at first. Yes, it hurts. It hurts. It'll sting. <laughs> and that's fine. It's okay because, you know, if, if, if you've been doing it on your own and somebody criticizes something, you're going to be like, what? This was perfectly fine when I did it by myself. But that, you know, that could, can possibly be an opportunity to grow and become better at what you do. Um, and you can learn from another person. Even if, even if you're testing out a relationship with someone and it's horrible, you're still walking away with an education, you know, so. Yeah, you now know what traits you ought to be looking for. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I like what you said. Try to find some, somebody that strengthens your weaknesses. So you don't like to do any of the analytical business stuff. I, I handle all that and I love it. It's like stats with baseball, you know? Oh, I think it's horrible. <laughs> I <laughs> love that stuff. <laughs> I think also you've got, when you say be honest with yourself and find someone to replace your, or to shore up your weaknesses, let's be honest. Um, showing up your weaknesses is not the same thing as outsourcing all the crap you don't want to do. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you're not looking to partner with a firm from India. You're looking to partner with somebody who lives in the same area, exactly. right? So well, yeah, you've got to be willing to do your your share. Exactly. And and I mean, ultimately, you would love to have, you would love to work with, and I think everybody wants this. If you're going to work with another person or another group of people, you want a group of people that are going to make you better. Um, you know, it, either your workflow is better, your schedule is better, you're better at deadlines, whatever you do for a living, you're better at that. You're a better human, you know, it, it it should be a positive influence on whatever you're doing if you're going to involve other people in it. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of co-working. I, I get a lot of stuff done that way. What an inspiring and galvanizing episode <laughs> of Freelance for Real this has been. No, but I agree. I totally do. Mike, bring us home. <laughs> Although oh. you're actually at home. I, I am actually. I'm at, so, so come with me to my house. And where we do podcasts. Um, <laughs> I, I, tremendous. Uh, I, I, my, my co-working involves hanging out at the cafe <laughs> with my wife. Um, but that's a whole other kind of experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's a, yeah. Yeah. We got our strengths figured out. She's doing the baking. I'm doing the making sure her website's up. <coughs> so uh, that works out in the long run, right? right? You know, sometimes the strength and the support is not getting in each other's way. No, no, that's a that's Amen. a really yeah. really good point. Sometimes you you have to know just to walk away mm -hmm. and just let it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we've had that that I mean, we we tried something really hard that we both decided to start <laughs> business at the same time. So sometimes like I'm like, look, I'm not in the cafe business. I need to step away and let you do that, and you need to let me do this over here because it's distracting for what I need to do. Mm -hmm. and, and that discussion's happened a few times. Um, but then, you know, it is really nice because instead of going to a designer that she's going to have to pay, you know, who knows for for for, for the website and everything, you know, which comes to me and I, I know what, what needs to be done for now that we can, that, that, that'll, that'll work, you know, and, and we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and, and that's part of managing expectations. Exactly. Once you realize what role you play, what role she plays, and what each other, you know, how those interact, then, then, you know, less fights, less tension. Works less, out, and yeah. she pays me and pays good. Oh, you know something you about that. I, <laughs> did, right wait, on. Mike, did you say pays or tays? <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I think it's good to achieve things in small chunks, you know, yeah. like 
sometimes like our day jobs like things and these really big, huge, measurable things, but you're going to achieve so much more over that period of time if you do a couple small things here and a small, couple small things there. Um, and I think that we've been doing that really well. Like we're working on our big website release. What we have right now is just sort of like a stopgap, but mm -hmm. it's the second release that we've published so far. And we might have another release in, in between as we continue to go through stuff because it takes a while to put something together that's really nice. Mm -hmm. But doing those small things, like that's, that's key. That's how you're going to get it. Yeah, so, Josh, what is the website? Let's remind us what we're talking about here. Um, secondblockstudio.com. Now, are you still blogging as well? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But, but you guys have some fantastic backblogs if anybody wants to check <laughs> them yeah, out. That's at, true. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're, <laughs> basically, my blog now is just more to promote, like when I'm speaking and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but Twitter kind of killed my blog. Yeah. Like whenever Twitter came out, I didn't, I felt like, I don't know if I have anything really more important to say because anything more than that are my lessons that I teach. So. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. kind of like curriculum and Twitter killed my blog. It's <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Anyway, where can they find you on Twitter then? Uh, at Josh Sager. And I'm at R.A. Sager. Simple. Yeah, Simple. Easy. I'm the only one with that, that had to invent something. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Well, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having um, us. I think we're three for three on guests so far, Justin. Yeah, I, I enjoy this whole picking brains thing. Let's keep it up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, if you guys want to pick our brains out there, uh, you can hit us up. Like I said, check them out on Twitter. I'm Sorgatron on Twitter. He's Justin Kanaki on on Twitter. Uh, or you can uh, hit us up at the account for the show at Freelance, the number four real. Uh, of course, Freelance for real at SorgatronMedia.com for the emails. Uh, check us check us out. Please comment on uh, and rate us and stuff on iTunes and MediaFly. Uh, wherever you may be finding us. And if you want to join us live for this, as I see at least five people have uh, today. Hi, five people. Hello, five people. Okay, <laughs> one might be me. But, uh, okay, so hi, four people that aren't me. Um, we record live every Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern at live.sorgatronmedia.com. Uh, join us for that. And uh, check out sorgatronmedia.com for everything else going out. And I did want to throw a uh, quick plug out for a project I'm working with, uh, Terry Taylor. Uh, somebody here locally, she has a rare form of cancer. Uh, I'm actually helping her with her social media efforts uh, before she takes off to China on Friday, guys. That's pretty it's great. You know, just like, okay, this is what this this is what you how you do Facebook. This is how you do the blog. And we don't know if it's going to work in China. This That's pretty much how we're going. <laughs> and my, Mike, why is she going to China? She's going to China because there is a, uh, a high-tech treatment that's only over there uh, from what I understand. Um, and she is raising money to make sure she can she can make it through the entire process. Uh, you can check it out at terrytaylornews.com. Uh, she's spelled T-E-R-R-I for Terry and taylornews.com. Uh, she's also is on uh, on Facebook and everything, and all the information's there. Uh, please check her out. Uh, she's she's this is the first time I actually met her in person today. She's a great person, great, great lady. Uh, she she's so she's so positive and and yet flustered because she's got three days before she's she's halfway across the world. <laughs> it's a, it's been an amazing experience so far. So please check it out, support her cause, and let people know. Get the word around for us. Um, as uh, terrytaylornews.com. Uh, well, hey Justin. Um. Anything, anything you want to throw out there uh, going on with you this week? Uh, this week? No. Yes, actually. I'm going to be uh, <laughs> coming back to Pittsburgh uh, to Ooh. shoot the next wave of episodes for the web series I produced, The Baristas, 
which you can find at thebaristas.com. So we're filming our next uh, nine episodes coming up here this month, which means I'm slowly going gray from rewriting them. But uh, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, I know we got another episode of uh, Unsung happening Monday, which is being shot sooner or later. Um, so check that out. Uh, Chachi says, uh, Ch- Chachi, yeah, Chachi is hosting that, and uh, that's been showing up on PCTV here locally in the Pittsburgh area. So go check that out. It's like Wednesday at 9.30s, I think they've been playing that. So if you want if you have cable, I don't have cable. So, I don't have cable. Which is actually yeah. very ironic. It's like, <laughs> I, I'd love to, I love to watch my own stuff, but it's, I don't have cable. So, <laughs> so please go check that out. PittsburghOnVideo.org. There's great guys over there too. So that's it, guys. Uh, until next week, spin freelance for real. Take back your-